Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossat, Managing Editor at FightfulWrestling.com. It is June 10th. It is time for the Raw Review. Time to talk Monday Night Raw with one Alex Pawlowski. Alex, how you doing? You are back from Picnic in the Sands. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, yeah, I had an extended like three-day break from everything wrestling. Like It was nice. Like uh, My wife worked a half day. We went to the park for picnic with uh, with her little daughter. Uh, Saturday, Sunday, didn't, didn't pay any of that stuff. Uh, but that's okay because, uh, luckily, WWE is going to run back pretty much everything that's happened in the last month for the next pay-per-view. So I'll get to watch all that then. I'll get all caught up then. That'll be nice. Uh, so you have you seen anything from sands of time no i uh i i stuck to my guns did not watch any of it saw like everything's like gift on twitter so i i did see the highlights of um two grandpas trying to murder each other via incompetence and being old uh and just thought wow you know maybe it's just time to say Dudes in their fifties shouldn't be main eventing giant shows with you yeah. know the entire thing on their back. It was like, a trash fire. We ranted really, on really it. Really bad. We ranted on it. If you guys missed that show, do not feel guilty about going back to watch our review. Uh, that was our most donated show ever, and that makes me very happy because all the monetization, all the super chats from our Super Showdown Sands of Time review are going to Sammy for Syria. And the Equality Federation. Big thanks to Jimmy Van for signing off on that. Also, big thanks to Andrew Thompson for stepping up and uh, helping me out with that. Also, I want to thank my team this weekend. Carlos Toro, Ryan Cook, Jeremy Lambert, Andrew Thompson, Joe Holbert. We had a very, very busy weekend. From Super Showdown to Triple G versus Rolls to a crazy UFC 238 show. Just an unbelievable one. To New Japan Dominion. I reviewed that this weekend. And then on top of that, there was an impact show that the Great Muda headlined. Holy crap. Lots of stuff this weekend. Check it out. 
I'll save plugs for later in the show, but just wanted to thank my news team in particular for that. They did a great job. Uh, we've got a dream team over here at Fightful right now, but let's go ahead and talk about Monday Night Raw. Seth Rollins comes out apparently with the chair that he used to beat up Brock Lesnar. So <laughs> they won't ever cover this, Alex. No, nope. nope. but if you put yourself in the mind of a Seth Rollins, right? <laughs> how are you telling somebody to get that chair? Because you know how. Like in baseball, somebody's like, oh, I got my first hit. Save that ball. Sure. And and most of the time, you don't have to tell somebody in baseball because, you know, baseball's so statistically just right. based that they kind of know and they get the ball back anyway. Right. Do you think it's a WWE person in kayfabe who says, oh, we got to get that chair. This is a big moment. Or do you think it's Seth going, ah, I need that no, chair for no, a no, promo. No. no, I think I think Seth took it himself to the back. He uh, he took it back to the hotel, slept with it under his pillow, uh, and obviously he brought it home on the flight. Uh, probably his uh, carry on carry on item uh, safely stowed in the above compartment. Um, uh, it's a chair with dents in it, so it's probably from that arena. It's one of those weird things that they expect us to believe these kinds of things as though um, everything is next door to everything else. A reminder, you can send a super chat if you're watching live on YouTube, and we will read your statement, answer your question. Scott Frame says, Toronto crowd cheering KD injury was terrible. I I agree. I don't think it was as sustained as a lot of people think, Uh, and it was quieted down pretty quick. But, yeah, that was gross, and hopefully KD is okay. Uh, Connor O'Neill says, just got out of Raw. Crowd was hot almost all night, died at the chain segment, and couldn't really make out the 24-7 title segments. They were muffled in the arena. (laughs) I'm not surprised by that first part because I loved Raw until the Shane McMahon stuff. And really, that's the only thing that I look at and said, damn, didn't like that on this show. Uh, We also have Austin Daniels says, I really enjoyed tonight's show. I hope Cesaro is okay after that rough 630. We will talk about that. All things considered, I look at this raw top to bottom, and I'm like, man, damn, they, they made sense of some stuff. They did some stuff. I I had a good time watching Raw tonight, and that's even with my longtime uh, dedicated Raptors team not doing so hot. Rollins says that it felt good to do that to Brock Lesnar, and that he's the only person that's ever done that to Brock Lesnar. Now, in traditional WWE standards, that's kind of a heel line, like almost. Like him touting his own thing. But, I mean, he's not wrong. Nobody's ever beat the brakes off of Lesnar quite like that, Alex. Yeah, I mean, I guess. it's This whole storyline is so convoluted and and bad. Like, um, Brock, I'm going to cash in on you. No, I'm not. Uh, I got a whole year, but wait, I've got to cash in on you because the lady told me to. And no, I'm not gonna anyway, even though it would be a perfect time right now. I'm gonna wait until I'm gonna get on a flight to Saudi Arabia for no other reason than to do the thing that I could do right now. And then he shows up, and then Heyman drops the briefcase, which I guess makes everything null and void. If you drop the briefcase, you can't cash in, apparently, is what the video package told me. So this whole thing's been very, very um, odd. And the fact that 
they, the, the guy that they decide is going to anchor all the TV matches and pay-per-view matches around this whole Brock Lesnar feud without actually Brock Lesnar wrestling any matches is Baron Corbin because because of course it is. Why not? Well, they, they, they made a whole lot more sense of that later, which we're going to talk about. But there is, I mean, there, there's a little bit of storyline sense in Corbin getting a rematch. But the thing is, he was the idiot that grabbed the chair. He was the idiot that argued yeah. with the ref that got himself beat. Why does he get a rematch? That doesn't make any sense to me. Yep. Corbin comes out and tells the quiet the crowd to quiet down. They had some sustained reactions that interrupted him. I think that they kind of wanted this to be a Ziggler-Vicky situation, but it wasn't quite that. It was the, the Flavorite version of that where you could tell – Rollins wanted it to be too. He was kind of laughing in the ring that the crowd wouldn't let him talk, but this wasn't quite that. He uh, Corbin says that John Cone is going to be severely punished. He gets a match at Stomping Grounds. Uh, he being Corbin, not John Cone. Although, wouldn't be that much of a surprise. I mean, considering the John Cone bloodlines. That's true. Uh, he is the father of a former raw tag team champion so um, i love how you say that with such excitement yeah it's true the raw tag team <laughs> yeah the raw yes i mean think of think of the lineage the great lineage of raw tag team champions since nicholas was forced to relinquish because of fourth grade um uh yeah this this is all fine um turns out john cone was severely punished by asking him to ref the match at the end of the night, the main event of Raw, so he was really severely punished. Yeah, uh, which is all just very—it's very convoluted. And it, 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 I mean, again, it is back to form. We're gonna have everybody come out and talk to each other. Somebody's gonna stand in the ring. Somebody else that person has a disagreement with will stand at the top of the ramp, and then they'll talk at each other for the most most of the first half hour of Raw. It's just the way that they do it. Corbin gets the hand-picked a special guest referee for stomping grounds, but Rollins says, you don't have any friends, Baron. Out comes Sami Zayn. I'm unsure why he has any shit to give in this situation. But he comes out and says that he cares about Rollins as a person and talks about the to- toxic masculinity that surrounds Rollins and Lesnar. And he thinks that Rollins would be better off with Corbin as champion. Kevin Owens comes out and shows his support as a wild card, and he isn't even sure what that means. But there's a match tonight. It's accepted. Let's talk about the next thing. Uh, this is one of, I thought, the best squash angles that I've seen in recent WWE memory, but maybe even longer. Uh, it's a handicap gauntlet match. Now, keep in mind, uh, this went to a bit of a non-finish on Friday. Lars immediately hits a freak accident on Kalisto for the pin. Uh, the rules were a little bit foggy to me. Maybe I just wasn't paying as much attention as I should have been. Were, was I alone in that, Alex? It, it's, it was a three-on-one elimination handicap match that was wrestled as though it was a gauntlet match. You know what I mean? Like, it was wrestled as though uh, it's not a three-on-one handicap match if one guy comes in and, and Lars beats him, and then the next guy comes in and Lars beats him, and then the third guy comes in and Lars beats him. That's... That's a gauntlet match, really. I mean, it's not it's not a handicap match because at no time were all three guys in the ring versus, I mean, it's weird. It was just a weird thing. They even went to the trouble of saying, and up next, it's... Yeah, yeah, that was multiple odd. Multiple times. 
So it was a handicap gauntlet match because, I mean, if Kalisto would have won, I don't think he was going to face Lince Dorado. Yeah, I understand, but it's basically, yeah, it's the same, same basic. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's the thing. It, It didn't make a ton of sense. Sullivan immediately goes into the running power bomb for a pin on Dorado, and then there's a little miscommunication with Metalik, but then he hits a big belly-to-back suplex. Lars pulls up Metalik and goes after Kalisto and body slams him on the stairs, Alex, on top of a piñata. Yeah. Which normally you'd hear me say, man, that's stupid, but the visual was phenomenal. It was great. Those, those pianos exploded. <laughs> the piñata exploded. Uh, Kalisto, because he's great, was able to kind of – Take the bump, but roll off of the stairs. Yeah. Amazing. If you're going to have three guys to make somebody look like a million bucks, they got the right three guys here. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 it's fine. I mean, the, 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 the thing of, of most consequence that Lucha House Party has done uh, in their time on Raw is uh, have Lucha House Rules matches against the Revival like six months ago. And they can't even get those against Lars right here. Yeah, it's true. It's, <laughs> they, they, they were winning those matches with everybody in the ring at the same time. Why can't they do it against Lars? But, I mean, when it's three-on-one, that's a little bit of a different different thing. I mean, three-on-two, sure. But yeah, uh, I, I would have played that up on commentary and said, I mean, this is what Lucha House Party was kind of founded on. Yes. Was the fact that they they have an advantage. Um, Lars pulled up Metalik and went after Kalisto, as I mentioned, but he does the same thing to Dorado, slams him into the post after a freak accident on Metalik, pulls him up again. Lars finished Metalik with the diving head, but this got three different moves over as finishes mm-hmm. and three moves that we have kind of seen him use as finishes. Yep. When you've got a guy who doesn't exactly have the greatest repertoire in the world, that's a damn good thing to do. For Lars Sullivan, I think this just did a great service for Lars Sullivan. Uh, Lucha House Party and Lars Sullivan knocked this one out of the park, I thought. Yes. And now I'm done with it. You have to move Lars yes. to something else. The that problem, we don't need this anymore. The problem I see is that we're gonna you're going to do the exact same thing again next Monday. I won't be here. I'll be on a road <laughs> trip, so you can talk about that with somebody else. Hey, they want to do this at a house me. show? They want to do this at a house show? Sure. Hey, sure, man. But my thought is we might see this exact same match, three-on-one, but this time all three guys in the ring at the same time as part of the pre-show for Stomping Grounds. Yeah, I don't need that. I need to see Lars move on. He destroyed these three guys. Then not only did he destroy them, he destroyed them just like <laughs> with we, the stack with the deck stacked against him as much as possible. We are in complete agreement. The problem is I don't trust them to move on from this. Sure. I, I don't sure. know what they, 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 they're very bad about knowing when storylines are over and when to move on. Speaking of moving on, we didn't get a lot of that with the 24 seven title. This was weaved in and out of the show. This was something when I would, I would do podcasts with Vince Russo. He, he begged the company to do. Weave a story in and out of the show. And regardless of what anybody thinks of WWE, of the the 24-7 title, how it looks, how it's been portrayed, this title has done monster numbers Mm -hmm. for WWE on YouTube. And I don't just mean, oh, those are good numbers. Alex, I mean, pardon my language, fucking monster numbers. Eight million for R-Truth pinning Jinder Mahal on a plane like this is un- I, I don't think you could have possibly dreamed this up 
this is this is what I said it should be. I, I I wanted people getting pinned in their sleep. I still need somebody like waiting behind a door in the hotel room. Yeah, like some something like that, like something crazy. Um, but this me, is this is all very very good. Let me hit you with some of these numbers. The the pinfall at the the tarmac six million. Wow. Uh, we've got. The segment last week, the lumberjack match, just a lumberjack match, two million. Our hmm. truth being pulled out on the the table or ladder underneath the ring, two and a half million. Wow, that's unbelievable. Eight point three million for our truth pinning Jinder Mahal on a plane could not have been better. Oh, by the way, the arm wrestling match also got twelve million last week. <laughs> twelve million. Uh, is it any? Here's the funny thing. You know who WWE hired about a, mu- a week and a half ago? Who's that? A senior producer from an arm wrestling league who apparently pitched the idea. Of course. And 12 million. Bam. Just like that. <laughs> Good God. Uh, so the usual suspects are, are, are here for the 24-7 thing. The elevator situation had me very confused. Them waiting to get on it and all that. I don't I, get that. I had to uh, go back and watch it two more times to figure out what was going on. <laughs> what it was, was our truth said, you guys got to go get a ref. If you don't have a ref here, you, you can okay. pin me all you want. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lose the championship. So half of them, the heels all decide they're going to go run and, and, and get, <laughs> get a, get a ref. Yeah. while Everybody else follows truth onto the elevator. And then the elevator stops. So the elevator, in, in theory, in theory wise. Yeah. Um, in th- it's our truth, EC3, whose new dominant character trait is casual drunk. Um, Cedric Alexander, who's out here being wistful for the days where he used to wrestle on Twitter. Um, then uh, Carmella, obviously, uh, and Drake Maverick, who's getting married uh, soon. Yes. So, <laughs> the, boy, the, the crew boy, do I have an off-air that, story? The crew they had in that elevator was all really good. EC3 did more to get himself over standing in an elevator than he than he's been allowed to in any scenario since he's been oh, on the main roster. Today, all things considered, I mean, social media and WWE, there has never been more attention on EC3 since maybe the day that he appeared in the TakeOver crowd. Mm. That's maybe it. Uh, because there was, there was that comparison image of EC3 doing his entrance gimmick where he points at the letters and how unmotivated a lot of people perceive him to be. Now, admittedly, I don't know if that's a part of this character, you know, this red solo cup raising character or, right. or whatever that may be. And he's very good at keeping us guessing. Yeah. And I don't know if that was a, a management pivot or an EC3 pivot based on his booking, but I thought this was done extremely well. EC3 is a fork in the elevator and says that he is going to eat someone. <laughs> <laughs> which yeah. I thought was good. Yeah. And it, when Drake reveals that he's getting married, EC3 goes, why didn't you invite me? And Drake goes, you are my best man. <laughs> I love later on, they are all giving Drake Maverick advice. And our truth confuses or mistakes Drake Maverick for Hornswoggle. Yes, that's so great. I'm not Hornswoggle. I'm just a very small man. That's great. So they have taken effectively, besides the ugly ass belt, say what you want about that and the introduction of it. They could not have fumbled the introduction worse. Mm -hmm. 
The fact that it has recovered to this degree is phenomenal because they have taken a bunch of people who aren't doing shit. And yeah, they look like idiots a lot of times. But I would rather them be entertaining and do something, especially something that is featured so heavily than not doing anything. And that's what's happening. Uh, The elevator opens. Our truth escapes. Thanks to Carmella. I keep digging this 24-7 stuff. I, I enjoy it. No, yeah, Alex? no. Twenty four seven stuff is is certainly better than 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 we might have hoped for after the first couple of times they they used it on TV. Um, again, someone should explain what the benefits are of being champion. Like I, I, I guess do you, you get a bump in pay? Like the thing is, I have no idea. No, like there's there's, I guess being a champ is great, but that's not. Way it works because we know that as a champ in any other thing, you get a bump in pay, you get more merch sales, all this kind of stuff. Is that's what's happening with with twenty four seven champ? I mean, if if they're going to keep our truth as the twenty four seven champ on and off for several months, our truth needs merch. And he's like, where it says like the twenty twenty four seven European TV title hardcore champion or something like that. Like, there's got to be some yes. uh, some new t- shirt that he can wear. Something. Also, guys, yes, I am watching the game. I have four screens in front of me right now. I am very much aware of the Raptors score right now. Jimmy Van is there right now. So that that's something. Uh, Becky Lynch seen with Seth Rollins backstage. Hey, glad they're giving a little nod to that. Why not? Mm-hmm. Every time they do that, uh, it it somewhat massages the intelligence of the viewer instead of insults them, which which I like. Lacey Evans cuts a pretty solid promo in their back and forth. This is a UFC style that they used to do like on Fox a lot. Like they, they would have, I don't, have you ever seen the, the John Jones, Daniel Cormier side by side? It's, it's phenomenal where John Jones doesn't realize the recording. And he goes, Hey pussy, are you still there? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I, and I kind of need some of that from like a Becky Lynch or somebody like that. Maybe somebody they're going to turn heel. That's pretending to be a baby face can do that. That'd be nice. I, that would, that'd that would be, be kind of cool. That would actually be really well, well put together and nuanced. Um, the, the, the back, the back and forth didn't bother me. Is the fact that they're still running back Lacey Evans again. Yeah. Why? doesn't make any sense. Why? What, what, what has she done to deserve this? Okay. Like, before tonight, she had lost every single match she had had since money in the bank. Thank you. And we saw last week on Tuesday, she stunk out the joint against Charlotte. Oh, it was it, tragic. It was, was it was was awful. Like Goldberg that, versus Undertaker was the best thing that could have happened to Lacey Evans <laughs> yeah, last week. That's true. Um, uh, that was that was awful. It was it was a tragedy. It was terrible. It was, um, it was really, really, really bad. I was and, so shocked, Alex, uh, that they gave her that title match. When, when when they showed when they showed like they showed the thing, they're like, hey, let her or not, we're gonna have this thing. And they showed the graphic: Becky Lynch versus L- Lacey Evans at Stomping Grounds. I was like, do you guys just like ha- have you lost all passion for creating good wrestling? That you've decided that you're just gonna run this thing back. This not not really special. A match you had a month ago, you're going to do it again, even though the challenger lost and they don't even do automatic rematches when the champion loses. When the challenger loses, she gets a rematch. That doesn't make any sense. They should not have announced this until after next Monday. Yeah. You could have easily done Alexa bliss. Who's a raw person. Yeah. Versus Becky Lynch. 
and given any of the great women on SmackDown a shot at Bailey's title. As it is, there is no SmackDown women's women's division well, because you have Lacey Evans hopping over doing the wild card. She's doing all the matches on SmackDown TV. It's Charlotte and Bailey, and then nobody else on SmackDown. What the hell? Well, well, here's the thing. If they were, if they had to announce this Lacey match, they should have given her the win tonight, which she needed, right. given her another win next Monday, and then in that. a top contender match. Yes, yeah, there you and go. And then do it. Then do it. Then say, okay, well, she earned her way back into it after Becky spent all this time saying she was currying favors. So she did earn her way back in. Uh, that being said, this match couldn't have been more unlike last week's match, with the exception of Bailey's terrible sliding drop kick. I thought this was a good match, and Lacey Evans ended up looking really good in this tag match. Uh, but backstage, Alexa is talking to a dejected Nikki Cross. I'm loving the dynamic between these two, just buddies. And Nikki is getting a little bit jealous of the attention that Lacey's getting from Alexa that anybody gets from Alexa. Because, you know, maybe this is me reading too much into it. Maybe Nikki sees Alexa as responsible for her being on this damn show at all. Maybe. Like, there, there's a lot to read into this. Uh, but she, but Alexa asks Nikki to be in her corner. Now, here's the thing. I like this from a lot of different perspectives. Because this is one of the subtle things you can pick up on. Alexa wants Nikki there so she can have some backup. Mm-hmm. She wants to take advantage of Nikki. Nikki thinks that that's her buddy saying, I want your support so much. Right. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And if this was NXT, I would trust him to tell a long uh, multi-chapter story with lots of nuance and a few twists and turns and some character development. And at the end, uh, both characters would be more fully fleshed out. Whoever turns on who, whatever, it'll be something that'll be really well put together. It's the main roster, so I expect them to either forget entirely about this storyline, or to botch it in terrible ways. Like I don't, I don't have any faith in them to figure out how to tell a nuanced story about how Nikki Cross just wants a friend, and Alexa Bliss is obviously lo- using her to get what she wants without it coming down to like Alexa Bliss just saying at some point via hidden camera. Like she did to Mickey James about Nia Jax that one time. Yeah. Like uh, basically, it'll be Alexa Bliss talking to Lacey Evans on hidden camera about how Nikki Nikki Cross is crazy. Oh my God, I'm not really her friend. She's crazy and she's a brunette. Can you even imagine? And then, you know that that'll be the way that they they end this whole. Thing. But can anything be good here? Can it just be good while it exists? It is. I mean, but they haven't screwed it up so far. We don't have to <laughs> assume that they're going to screw up everything. We can wait until they screw it up. You're, you're right, and then Sean. Criticism. You're right, Sean. They haven't screwed it up yet. So but, let's, let's live in the moment while it hasn't been screwed up yet, and then wait for them to eventually, obviously. That's, that's what we're doing here. We can't hypothetically yeah. assume True. that they're going to screw anything up, that's even true. if they have an amazing track record of doing such. Right, right. Uh, but Bailey starts off aggressively. Lacey was the one that I had to pay attention to tonight because of last week's performance. I think that she had as good of a bounce back performance as she could possibly have. They put a lot of trust in Lacey tonight with that marrow salt that she hasn't done since it looked like she killed Natty with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she missed it, but it looked awesome. Uh, I think her Bronco Buster looks better than Carmella's and she should probably keep it. Bailey hit a really good sunset flip buckle bomb on Alexa. 
And then uh, Becky accidentally ran into Nikki Cross. Bailey got her knees up on Twisted Bliss, but there were a couple of women's rights waiting on her. Lacey gets the win. She needed this win real bad. Right. If for no other reason than people like you and I saying, what the hell is she doing in that match? No, she needed she needed the win. She needed to look good. She looked certainly much better than she did last week. The, uh, I, I, I don't know... Uh, I don't know what the obsession is specifically with Bailey, with making her, with making, having her lose matches in her hometown. Um, especially, and somebody's like, everybody's like, oh, it's just, it's just to get Lacey heat. Yeah, heat on who? Not the person she's having the match with in two weeks. Like, it, her, Lacey beating Bailey doesn't make sense. Have Lacey beat Becky. That makes sense, but you can't have Lacey beat Becky because you got to keep Becky strong I, because Bailey is there to be beaten. And I'm, a, I'm okay with Lacey beating Bailey, but Lacey should have done something underhanded to Becky to yeah. eliminate her from this match. She should there have done something go. maybe illegal something to kind like of set that. that up. Yeah, there was no, she, Lacey can't get more heat off of Beck, uh, off of Bailey. She can do it off of Becky, but that's, yeah. Also wouldn't have minded like Nikki maybe grabbing a foot or something Yeah, to help the, out her buddy. Again, these are the little steps that they would absolutely do in NXT to like show Nikki trying to impress Alexa by doing little underheaded things and saying, was, was that good, Alexa? Did I do good? And here they're just like, she's just out there and she accidentally gets run into by Becky. That's as much as she does. Apologies, I was muted. <laughs> Ms. TV is next. I'm glad that they constantly admit that Joe was not pinned at Money in the Bank. Uh, at least there's that. That wrong is right. And Joe discusses potential challengers, but Miz kind of pisses him off. And Joe gets in his face. Now, I'll tell you what I don't like. Ron Strowman, Bobby Lashley, Ricochet, Cesaro. I'm the challenger. No, I'm the challenger. No, I'm the challenger. We've talked about this type of shit. Yep. To death. Yep. So instead, what we'll talk about is the awesome match that followed. Holy yes. crap, this was great. Braun and Lashley's one interaction here was infinitely better than what they did at Super Show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Down. Yeah. Could you imagine if people this size in the 80s could do what these guys are doing now? The kip up out of the wrist lock, the yeah. drop down, the leapfrog. Yeah. They were going like 100 miles an hour. And I was like, whoa, whoa. Hercules Hernandez wasn't doing this. No. The warlord was not doing this. No. Man, I just, I, I just want to imagine Hulk Hogan trying to keep up with these guys. <laughs> <laughs> He slaps yeah. on a headlock. Slow down, brother. We've already got their money. <laughs> One of those. <laughs> That's what he does. Uh, I was okay with this booking, if only to see all these people working together. Ricochet has been allowed to be Ricochet over the last month. Yeah. To a degree. Man, you know what? Ricochet and Alistair Black, fantastic tandem to put together. But they were doing the same stuff every week. That's not been the case the last month. No. And Ricochet's crowd reaction tonight 
I dare I say, a direct correlation to the fact that he's been allowed to be Ricochet. Right. He's been allowed to be Ricochet, but I think here's the main thing. He's been allowed to be Ricochet opposite Cesaro, who's one of the absolute best technicians that they have, who's never who's never going to, to like lays off, not not do his part in order to make the other guy look great. Those those things where 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 Ricochet spins around him and it requires a Cesaro to help his momentum continue so he can eventually hit that flying head scissors. Those things are so important and they're so great. Uh, we'll, we'll talk later about Cesaro, what happens to him at the end of the match. But during the match, he was phenomenal. And, and as all the people were coming out for, uh, for what eventually obviously was, was going to become a six man tag. I was like, yeah, no, if, if, all of stomping grounds is a whole bunch of rematches and retreads. Yeah. And then they have a six pack challenge among these <laughs> six dudes for the U S title. That's the reason to tune in to watch stomping grounds. Yeah. I, I hope that happens. Uh, Cesaro and Ricochet have amazing chemistry. Uh, Miz is very over in this match as well. Just great crowd reactions for a guy who quite frankly has not done anything <laughs> over the last couple of months. Strowman mows a lot of people down and Lashley spears him. That's a nice twist on that spot. Instead of just going right to Strowman uh, continuing that, Lashley just spears him out of nowhere. I liked it. There was this wild-ass spot that if it would have hit, would have been one of the coolest in recent WWE memory. Miz is on the apron. He back-body drops Ricochet over the turnbuckles and ropes into a 450 body press that barely skims Lashley. Yeah. But still a sight to behold. The skull-crushing finale in the 6.30 pin with Cesaro. This was an awesome match. But unfortunately, Ricochet landed across the knees of Cesaro. And it looked bad. And you know how it, you know it looks bad? Because Ricochet is selling it beyond belief. Like, mm-hmm. he's rolling around and he's like, oh shit, I gotta get pinned. And then he's like, oh shit, I gotta get out of the ring. And he's holding his knee. Ref throws up the X, helps him to the back. Uh, I'm still trying to find out uh, from backstage exactly uh, what's wrong, but yeah, it was weird. From, from from his reaction, I thought that the absolute full weight was going to come was coming across Cesaro's knees, and the angle that they showed on the replay was like thighs, which again hurts, and you can still extend, uh, so hyperextend a knee or or you know s- screw up all those tendons that connect the quad to the knees in that in that area. But I mean, you gotta hope for the best in that case, if nothing else, because you never want uh, the label for for a younger guy coming into WWE as being, you know, he's reckless and he hurts people. Because then all of a sudden, nobody wants to work with him and stuff like that. And like Ricochet has again has been allowed to be Ricochet, and he's getting over, and people love him. I would hate for any of this. A to injure Cesaro because he's been doing good stuff and I don't want him to get hurt and be out for a while. And B, I don't want it to be, to be a thing that like throws a monkey wrench into what Ricochet has been doing. NBA game is over. Warriors win, but we are still live. Toronto looks dejected. The fans there disappointed. I'm hoping we get a, a look at a, a tearful Jimmy van in the crowd. Probably not going to happen. Paul Heyman comes out and discusses last Friday. He's not happy. And he says, from now on, we're not telling Brock Lesnar or telling anybody where Brock Lesnar is going to be anymore. We're not telling you when he's going to cash in. We're not telling you anything. 
Now, if you listen to the Jimmy Jacobs interview that I did, he explains why it's important for WWE to advertise stuff like that, which is why I feel like they pivoted back and forth. And I don't believe that this was always the plan. I don't believe that this is what WWE always had in mind. I feel like they wanted to do certain things and they couldn't happen the way that, that WWE wanted them to. I like part-time Brock Lesnar holding the money in the bank briefcase. And that way, whenever he appears or doesn't appear, it means more. I like it a whole lot more than him having a championship for a few reasons. One, Alex, he doesn't have the championship. Yes. (laughs) Two, I am an emotionally invested person in him not getting that championship because I don't want him to have the championship. Yes. So every time I hear that note hit, whether he comes out or not, I'm going to go, oh, shit, what's going to happen here? Uh Oh, what's going to go on here? Because I don't want Brock Lesnar as a viewer of this program from a quality standpoint to win that. Now, here's the thing. It's not the same type of feeling that I have with, say, Baron Corbin, who I enjoy in the ring to some degree, but I am just incredibly uninterested in outside of that. Right. There's this weird thing where people are like, oh, Corbin's not a cool heel. He's just a heel. And I'm like, wait a second. So many of these heels that are cool heels don't have any real redeeming qualities. People just don't hate watching them. I don't hate watching Brock Lesnar, but I really enjoy watching whatever this is, not knowing what the hell's going to happen, not knowing if he was going to cash in on Kofi, not knowing if he was going to cash in on Rollins, seeing him get his rare comeuppance. I'm digging the way this has went, but uh, what do you think of what Heyman said and perhaps the future of what will happen with, with this briefcase. Yeah, I guess I would like this a lot more if they hadn't done the whole thing of like, Stephanie got mad, so we have to cash in. And now you're saying, no, you don't. So did he say that like, I hired a team of lawyers? And like, I mean, like, it's a weird deal that like, like last week he, he, he was being forced to cash in and and then he tried and he failed because you know Paul Heyman dropped the briefcase, and now they're just we're not going to tell you when we're going to cash in, which which has been the way the briefcase has been since its inception years ago. So now we're back to where we should have been from the very beginning. It's a weird thing we had to do all that rigmarole to get to this point, but I do like that. What I what I what I won't like is the, let's say, once every month or once every six weeks where on Raw you hear that those that music and out comes Paul Heyman with the briefcase. And Paul Heyman teases giving it to a ref and, and calling in Brock, who's very clearly not at that arena. Yeah. And they do that over and over again. Until the time that they do it, they do it exactly that way, and Brock does come out, that will make it worth it. I just don't know when that's going to be, how far, how far down in the future. Uh, I can't see him cashing in and not becoming champion. I can't see them doing that to Brock. So that's where I'm, 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 I'm with you now. But I also am able to see into the future and say whenever he does cash in, he's becoming champion. So we're all very happy with him not being champion. But eventually, he's going to be champion. And that's the thing that I'm, I'm worried about for the future. But right now, I'm like, this is going to be good. You know how WWE sometimes does the ass-backwards thing of putting a title on somebody and then pushing them? Yes. I can't think of a bigger way to push somebody than 
have Brock cash in on them and then they beat Brock somehow. Yeah. But that's that's a monster way. That's a way to do it. Wild Boy 87, thank you for the super chat. He says, Do you know what the Leo Rush vignettes on Twitter mean? Will we ever see him on TV again? I have not seen these, but um he was sent home, so to speak. Uh I'm I'm seeing I'm seeing the vignettes. Uh don't know what they mean. But I know that WWE at least didn't want him to be a lost cause. I'll say that. They they still hoped they could make things work at, at the last time I checked. Up next, the iconic squash Lisa Lace and Aaliyah Mia. Billy kicks the shit out of Lisa, sends her in a very nice wheel kick of Peyton. Looks really good. The Iconics hit their awkward finish for the win. Okay, they won. Did they defend the was this a title match? I don't I don't think so. Because the one that they the jobbers they beat in April were. Oh, then maybe this was. Yeah. But but Renee kept saying maybe they'll eventually put the title on the yeah. line. So my thought was it wasn't. It was just like an exhibition between them and these two people that they found. Um, this is all fine. Here's what they need to do eventually if they're gonna keep doing this. Uh, is have all these matches be um, be uh, for the title for these jobbers. Like have them every week come out and these two local women come out. And one time they come out with these two luchadoras and they're wearing the masks and they're, they're in full, you know, uh, get up and um, they get beat. And the two women pull off the masks to be whoever. Like my vote would be Asuka and Kyrie Sane finally. But whoever it is, they should absolutely lose the titles because they keep bringing in all these jobbers. And one time they bring in the wrong jobbers. Yeah. Like, that should be the way that the they're going to do it. Yeah. They should absolutely do that. The Barry Horowitz, the one, two, three kid. Yeah. Rob Wilkins. Thank you for the super chat. Yes, I did order my Nikes. Korosami says, what are your thoughts on the Becky edge Twitter war? <laughs> I think edge should start tweeting for Beth. And yeah. maybe maybe they'd have a little bit more meaning, but I mean, you got two of the best talkers that there ever been, like in the social media era, at the very least. Damn. What what do you think, Alex? I mean, some some of like when she starts like talking to Beth and saying maybe you should check on your frail husband, like it's <laughs> it's like a little bit like again, it's 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 you know. Stone Cold Becky, and I understand that, that that's the thing that she's pushing for a little bit more edge. Um, uh, no pun intended. But um, I, I, I'm fine with all this. I, I, I'm, I'm listen. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful it leads to a match between Becky and Beth Phoenix. I'm hopeful that anything that Becky does on Twitter leads to a match between her and anyone else but Lacey Evans. Because right now, like, I'm not saying she doesn't have a future in this business. I'm just saying for right now, I'm done with her being this, this, what it feels like to me, this never ending story of Lacey continuing to get shots at Becky's championship, because it feels like eventually it's going to lead to Lacey too early in her career on raw holding Becky's championship. And that I'm not okay with. Drew McIntyre has by bagpipists playing him out. Shane McMahon breathes heavily, just, on the microphone. This is stupid and boring and lame. Drew cuts a boring promo on a guy that beats him in pay-per-view two months ago. 
This is so, so bad. Listen, Doug, I understand. Oh, ref bump. Oh, Claymore. Oh, Shane beat Roman. Wee. Like, okay, fine. You Honestly, you can't find something better for your top guy, your big dog to do than to get involved in a, in a, in a months-long feud with the son of the dude who owns the company and that guy's Scottish pal. A guy who he's already beaten clean at WrestleMania and again, probably on Raw a few times. Like, I I really love Drew McIntyre. I think he, he can be absolutely one of your top three or four guys in your I company. think I think he's got to show some more dimensions. He has been so one-dimensional. But the problem is, is that they're making him one-dimensional. I, like, I haven't – I mean, I'd never saw any dimension – no, from him beyond this in Impact and Evolve in NXT, I it's guess been you're right. This, I guess you're right, but you can capitalize on what this is. Sure, like, like they failed to do when he was white hot and going after Braun Strowman in the fall. Like he was white hot and he was completely unstoppable, and then they stopped him. They stopped him. He didn't. They said, "No, we're not. We're, we're going to cool you off. You're getting too hot." So I I don't know. I mean, whatever it is, listen, I think it's fine that, that I think it's nice that, that Shane and he, his, his new best buddy shop, shop at the same leather jacket store. I think it's nice that they have the same fashion consultant. Um, it's a bit on the nose, but okay. They, they, the person who beats Shane McMahon should be Drew McIntyre. That's yeah. the person who should, and it should be something that ties into Vince McMahon on this show. The guy yeah. who came out a decade ago yes. and called Drew McIntyre the chosen one. And it takes one comment from Shane to be like, boy, was he wrong or something I'm, like that. I'm still waiting for someone to come out, preferably Triple H and have Triple H tell me why he personally involved himself in that universal title match on raw, where he handed the belt to Kevin Owens and walked out of the ring. Like that was a thing where he's where, where Triple H apparently said, Kevin Owens, you're my guy. Bye. I'll never speak of this again. So, like, I, I mean, you can say, sit there and say, I really want this to tie in to something from a decade ago where where uh Drew was was Vince's chosen one. But I mean, I, I just don't see it happening. I would love for that to happen. And I'm holding out hope, but I just don't see it. So uh Dana Brooke was out. During the commercial before Shane came out, but nothing real major. I'd still like to see her do a little bit of something. Uh, Shane drank out of the World Cup. That was funny. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He uh, brings out the revival, and Michael Cole thankfully references the fact that Shane McMahon made this match happen because the revival had lost to the tag champions three times and had lost to the Usos on Friday. Good. I'm glad they made sense of it. They needed to make sense of it. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I was ecstatic about this. And Alex, I shouldn't have been. No, no. It should, it should be, be standard. It should be standard. It should be a thing where, where if somebody gets a title shot they quite literally do not deserve, that you have to have somebody explain to us why they're getting the title shot. That's That should be a very simple thing. But unfortunately, it's not. It's a special occasion. So... Uh, Revival end up defeating the Major Brothers and the Usos in a triple threat tag match. Very fast-paced. Go to a commercial early on. Scott Dawson trolling Hawkins uh, in the camera is good stuff. So good. Good, like, 1990s stuff good that stuff. I like. 
come back to see the Usos flying high. There, there aren't like a ton of crazy spots in this. It's just no. real good tag yeah. action. Alex. Yeah, it really is. They, 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 they very specifically from the very beginning tags are required in this match. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I got to get a ref on the horn about that. I understand that they were setting up for what the finish was where Dawson stole a tag and then stole a pinfall. Um, they they definitely, they, here's the thing. They definitely matter as it pertains to who pins who that's, that's the only reason tags matter because you can't get DQ'd. Yes. But in the sense that it matters because only the legal man can pin the legal man. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's that's what they matter. But here's the thing: it also draws attention to all your other multi-team tag matches or six-person tag matches where tags really don't matter. Yeah, you know, like tags are not enforced. You're like, okay, fine. Um, but I, I I was glad at least to see they were saying that line to directly set up the finish of the match. So at least that's something. This is six tag team pros. Hawkins and Wright are very underrated in the ring and a very sure. underrated team. They they hit crime times old finish, but then Jey Uso super kicks Hawkins out of his boots. Scott Dawson steals the pin. So they made sense of why the revival was in the match. They made a match that mattered. They had a good match. Then they even made sense of the revival shortcomings. They kind of had to steal the pin from. Uh, one team that's the champions and the other team that beat them right. to become the champion. There was a lot of stuff making sense right. in this match, and damn, I like that. And the best part about it is what I loved about the revival in NXT. They were dirty and underhanded, but not illegally so. Like S- Scott Dawson slapping an Uso on the butt right before he jumps off uh, the top rope to land his splash, and then sneaking into the pinfall as as Dash grabs that that Uso and pulls him out of the ring, which is all completely legal in this match. That's brilliant. Like, is it underhanded? And did they kind of cheat to win? Yeah, but also they didn't cheat. And that's what's so great about them is they're infuriating if you're rooting against them, but they didn't break any rules. So, yeah. like, that that's that's what I loved about them. If they get back to that kind of thing, they'll, they'll be great. I will, I want to say... Uh, they kept mentioning that we call all the major brothers, you know, Hawkins and, and Ryder, yeah. um, about, oh, this amazing journey they've had since they, they won the, the, the tag titles. And how, uh, on their how YouTube they, show, how, maybe. How, 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 how great they feel about having held the belts for so long. I cannot remember the last time they defended those belts. Was it April? Like, like I, I mean, honestly, like it, it's really it's really easy to keep the belts for months if you never have matches in which the belts are up for uh, up for grabs. Like I, I don't I don't know. Um, I will say another thing: uh, the Viking Raiders completely absent from any of this. I'm assuming they work into this t- title picture uh, now that the revival have the belts. But the Viking Raiders were on main event tonight versus No Way Jose and Titus. So the yeah, Viking man. Raiders definitely got um, – did they win? I don't know. I, they, I was, they, they for sure won. They must have won. They, p- please tell me they won. But um, but it was a good thing they got called up from NXT so early uh, that they couldn't have uh, defended those titles, the NXT titles, in that ladder match. Is this the first week of the wild card that Roman Reigns hasn't been on the show? I'm going to say yes. Yeah. 
Firefly Funhouse, they referenced the commentary booth that Bray Wyatt invited R-Truth on. I like that. I like that. Why not? He takes a sledgehammer to one of the stuffed rabbits. What did you think of this week's Firefly Funhouse? I, I want to say a couple of things. The, the Starting it with him nailing up uh, a little tacking up a sign uh, like a kid made it that says abandon all all hope ye who exit here like I, again i'm 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 reading a lot into this because i feel like bray is is like perfectly crafting this in a way the idea that if if i leave the the firefly funhouse i don't know what's happening I don't know what's coming. I don't know what's going. But here, I'm safe. Here, everyone else is safe. But if I leave, I don't know what's possible. That's interesting to me because that's a cool thing. Also, I don't feel so bad for Rambling Rabbit getting smashed by this giant mallet thing. uh, Because as we saw, he already got eaten once by the buzzard. And he showed up fine the next week. So I'm assuming Rambling Rabbit will be just fine next week. Also, uh, the goop. That um, that that uh, Bray ate. Uh, it was supposedly Rambler Rabbit blood. Um, was quite clearly a squash tomato because I could see the seeds. And also, they're selling. They they have this thing where it's Rambling Rabbits, uh, Bohemian breakfast spread or something like that. Um, WWE shop, get on that. Sell me a jar of strawberry jelly with that label on it. I'll buy one. Backstage, we see Sami Zayn approach Baron Corbin, and then later Shane McMahon. Shane agrees to make Zayn an outside referee for tonight's match. Okay. Zayn checks the combatants, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. I didn't like this match. (laughs) There were cool spots. There was the the swanton into the knees, but there wasn't a lot else. Uh, There was a gut buster that got messed up. Yeah, I mean, the... the again it's a weird deal that like kevin owens is now i guess the fourth most important part of this match because because he's wrestling but he's really not like he's there to just back up his buddy sammy who seth insulted and sammy is there as the special guest referee on the outside auditioning for when he's actually going to be the special guest referee for the Baron Corbin match, and all this is being done to make us think that Brock might cash in. So really, Kevin's just there to have the match. He's not actually a part of the story. Um, I do love that he's subverting all kinds of stuff with, with this. It, it be, like He's the first guy who's come out and said, I guess I'm a wild card, whatever that is. I love that he's subverting that stupid trope. And then later, uh, after he is declared the winner, He's lying down on the outside of the ring like this, and he just throws up one hand in victory. I thought that was brilliant. Hey, I love a guy who doesn't care how he wins. Slipping a banana peel doesn't matter. Sure, sure. Zayn had pulled John Cone out of the ring after Rollins hit a curb stomp, and Zayn had prevented a frog splash. Rollins got busted open a little bit. Yeah. Um, But... I'm ready to see Owens actually land a swanton. But other than that, I didn't really like this. Rollins kind of went into stupid babyface syndrome. He didn't get pinned off of being distracted by Zane or anything. But Zane DQ'd him. And uh, whatever. Baron Corbin comes out and Rollins fights everybody off with chairs. And that is your end to Raw. And I thought it was a little lame. 
I don't know how else you end Raw. No, no it's, it is lame because here's the deal. The, the most important thing, because the Universal title is more important than the WWE title, they've told us so many times. Yeah. The most important, the most important feud going on has to be over who has the universal title. So, the most important feud is a feud that nobody cares about because it's Baron Corbin versus Seth Rollins again. So, I mean, ultimately, it doesn't really matter. But yeah. do, do we do we really care? Do we really believe at all that Baron Corbin's going to go into stomping grounds and beat Seth Rollins? No. Hey, you know, you know what would have been a good way to end Raw. Revival winning the tag titles with Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre laughing their asses off about Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Celebration. There you go. Heels being portrayed as main event guys with guys that are being perpetrated as main event guy or portrayed as main event guys and a title that, that's supposed to mean something. Yeah. Well, there you go. We are back this week for SmackDown listing your boy. We got FightfulSelect.com as well. Tons of stuff up there early. Tons of breaking news. Lots of podcasts over there. Warren Hayes every week. 205 Live, NXT, UK. We got the Weekender, non-WWE stuff. We have a retro review every month. Most importantly, FightfulSelect.com, guys, is the most direct way to to support what we do here. Helps us pay our writers, our podcasters, interviewers, all that good stuff. Uh, it really helps us avoid being one of those sites that just copies and pastes everything. Our guys do their own transcripts. Our guys go out and do interviews, almost all of them. We write features. Uh, we do podcasts, a little bit of everything. And we are independently owned. We're not owned by a major media company or anything like that that has uh, all those connections. So what we do is very independent, and that is the most direct way to support us. Go check out FightfulSelect.com. There's probably something there that you're going to like. Alex, what do you got going on? Well, uh, now that you're on the Lesnar schedule, apparently. No, I'm, I'm on Lesnar's Lesnar schedule. Uh, uh, I'll be here for the SmackDown uh, tomorrow night, and then I'm going to miss the Go Home Raw and the Go Home SmackDown next week because I'm going to be on vacay with uh, with my fam doing the first ever uh, Pulowski family road trip. Pile, pile everybody in the car and, and drive, uh, stopping at a few places, uh, going back to uh, – we're stopping, stopping at my – my sister-in-law's house and going back to where I went to, to grad school, uh, Morgantown, West Virginia, on our way to a Sesame Street-themed amusement park because my little daughter cannot get enough. So we're doing her half-birthday at a water park that got all the Elmo stuff all over it. So <laughs> it'll be a lot next, of fun. Next week, I am uh, scheduled to be joined by uh, Jeremy Lambert, one of our great writers. He actually interviewed Kojima and Nagata. You all may have seen that. He's done a lot of great stuff for us. Uh, you all are going to get to hear him. Also, he is starting a series alongside Joe Holbert where they rebook the Monday Night War era through TEW. So Fightful Gaming will return. It's going to be a good time, guys. Leave us a thumbs up here. That really helps. Uh, spread the word. I, you may have noticed I've changed the title a little bit to see how that, that affects things. But, guys, thank you all so much. I appreciate all of you. Until next time, we're out.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.